0: Welcome in to OutKick, the show Thursday edition. Guess what? We love you, YouTube. I love all of you that are consuming any of our content in any way imaginable. But as I am speaking to you right now, we are almost to 500,000 YouTube subscribers on the OutKick channel. In fact... 487,000 YouTube subscribers. By the time I am back talking to you on Monday, because I'm not going to be on tomorrow, I'm headed to Las Vegas tonight uh, for my good buddy Todd Furman's wedding uh, on Saturday in Las Vegas. No radio, no outkick shows. Uh, I am letting my wife pick. Smart move exactly how we are going to spend Friday in Vegas. Um, And so I'll get in late tonight out there. I'll be in Vegas Friday, Saturday, Sunday, then be back here with you on Monday. By the time I'm back here with you on Monday, I hope we will be over 500,000 subscribers. Fingers crossed that we will be there. Click like and subscribe and help to make that happen. Also love all of you on Twitter, Instagram, You name it, I am a big fan uh, of the way that you are consuming our content today. Now, several different things going on that I think are relatively important. The NFL Draft is here. Those of you who are longtime OutKick people know that my three favorite sports seasons, one, college football, two, NFL season, three, NFL Draft, this is, for me, A date that I cannot get enough of. I am absolutely in love with it. Uh, As we have 31 first round picks this year because the Dolphins don't get to pick in the first round uh, as punishment. Uh, But I will tell you some of my thoughts, breakdowns, where we are headed, how things are looking purely from a fun and gambling perspective. College football playoff uh, uh, proposals out for the expanded college football playoff. Remember, this is going to be the year coming up right now, 2023, the last year, I believe I'm correct in this, uh, where we only have four playoff teams. We expand in 2024 to eight playoff teams. What's that going to look like? We'll discuss. Joe Biden answered questions from kids on the White House lawn, and it did not go well. We had Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on the show earlier. That was a uh, interesting conversation. Fox News poll out this morning had him at 19%. Uh, Joe Manchin going to have real competition in the Republican uh, primary and then in the Senate uh, race if he elects to run. Could he run for president instead? Uh, the Braves have been banned on their big hat celebration. Randy Weingarten, the teachers union chair, uh, met with politicians and lied for hours in front of them. And D.C. schools are still requiring a COVID test to return from spring break. I will break down the overall NFL draft for you on Monday, but in honor of the first round being tonight, I cannot wait. We're about, what, four, four four and a half hours, six, five hours uh, away from the official unveiling of the uh, NFL draft. Here is, with that, my top five quarterback rankings. Now, OutKick has its final uh, NFL draft rankings up, but here are my top five quarterbacks. These are the five quarterbacks that sort of uniformly are expected to be the first off the board. Four of them are in the SEC, by the way. No conference has ever had more than two quarterbacks drafted in the first round. Pretty much a certainty the SEC will have at least three possibility of four, depending on what happens with Hendon Hooker. Here's how I would break them down and why I would break them down this way. By the way, last hour of the show, about 45 minutes ago, we had Senator Marco Rubio on. I encourage you to go listen to Senator Marco Rubio's breakdown of the NFL draft. It was absolutely incredible. The dude is a big sports fan, the opposite of a lot of politicians who pretend to be sports fans and then get shown up when they actually uh, talk about sports. So, top five quarterback ratings, Bryce Young. Bryce Young, to me, is the best player that I saw at the quarterback position on the field last year, okay? So, I would break down Bryce Young, and I would say my concerns are his height, his build, his durability. Everything else I feel like is flawless. He moves, Bryce Young does, in the pocket, in a mobile way, while still keeping his eyes downfield better than almost anyone I've seen at the college level. Now, there are lots of mobile quarterbacks, right? Guys who can take off and run at a moment's notice. What I see Bryce Young do is move in the pocket to throw. And that, to me, is a potential big-time asset in the NFL. In fact, what I think Bryce Young does so well is throw from different angles and find a way to be accurate from non-stationary positions. I think that uh, augurs very well for his ability to make plays in the NFL. So I've got Bryce Young, best player that I saw on the field, number one overall. Second quarterback on my board. Maybe controversial. Some people are going to be surprised. Anthony Richardson. I love the ceiling of what Anthony Richardson can be. I'm big on thinking probabilistically about quarterbacks, about draft picks in general. To me, Anthony Richardson is, at his apex, Josh Allen 2.0. Big, strong, fast, can move, can run over anybody, can get you a short yardage gain if you need it to extend drives. Inaccurate at college. Watched him play every game at Florida understand why Dan Mullen didn't have him necessarily as a starter because he didn't feel like he could trust him but his ceiling if you give him a couple of years to develop if you remember what they said about Josh Allen when he came in no way he deserves to get this is the negatives no way he deserves to get drafted here coming out of Wyoming couldn't be accurate in college there's no way you can teach accuracy suddenly he's one of the five four or five best quarterbacks in the NFL still a young guy. I think, going to win a Super Bowl. May end up winning multiple Super Bowls. Hey, Clay Travis right here. Outkick the show is dominating. We'll continue to roll. More coming back in a moment. But first, this. I like the risk reward for Anthony Richardson. If you told me right now, hey, Clay, Tennessee Titans drafting Anthony Richardson at 11, I would like that risk. You know, if he fell to 11, if he's still available there, Tannehill, you think, has like a year left. Bring him in develop him. I don't think that's a bad pick. By the way, I'm a Titans fan. The Titans should go, uh, in my opinion, with a tackle if they're not going quarterback. 11 is too early, I think, to go wide receiver, even with uh, even with Ohio State's Jackson Smith Ogba out there. Um, so to me, Anthony Richardson, second best quarterback. Hendon, uh, third, third. I really see these guys as kind of even, I've gone back and forth on C.J. Stroud compared to Hendon Hooker. I think they are very similar quarterbacks. Ultimately, I'm going to go Stroud here, but it's a very iffy Stroud, right? I'm not sold on C.J. Stroud. I know that he made plays. He had an elite, elite level wide receiving core. Great offensive line that gave him time. He very rarely had to make throws under duress. And I watched him play in person against Michigan, and he really didn't impress me. I know he was great against Georgia, but there were lots of performances, I thought, especially when you're throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., who I could throw to and gain 1,000 yards, in this Ryan Day offense. I'm going to put C.J. Stroud in at three, but I almost feel like there's a tie here. I'm putting Hinden Hooker at four because ultimately jo- Josh Heupel's offense creates so much space. People say, okay, what's the job of offense and defense in football? It's a game of space, right? The offense is designed to create space. The defense is designed to remove it. If a team does a great job creating space, they win. If a team does a great job eliminating space, they tend to win, right? Football is a game of space. Um, And so Hendon Hooker gets so many throws in single coverage, so many throws where Tennessee has wide receivers just galloping down the field wide open, a la Steve Spurrier back in the 90s. Remember the fun and gun Spurrier where you'd look around and there's no, suddenly there's a wide receiver running down the field and nobody is on the same side of the field with him because the scheme and the playmaking ability was so great. And as a result, even to this day, Nobody really has ever come out of that Spurrier offense. Heck, you can say about Anthony Richards and Dan Mullen, uh, but you got Dak Prescott there. Nobody's really come out of the Florida Gator system, either Urban Meyer or Steve Spurrier, and had a tremendous career, right? But Spurrier in particular created so much space. I'm a little bit nervous that's what Josh Heupel does. I love that he's Tennessee's coach, but it makes me a bit nervous that Josh Heupel uh, is so good, it's hard to assess Hendon Hooker, right? That's my concern. That's why I've got Hendon Hooker at four. I got Will Levis at five. I do not believe in Will Levis. I do not believe that Will Levis is going to be an elite quarterback. If I'm wrong, people will clip this video and they will play it for years. I watch a ton of college football. I was not impressed with Will Levis's ability to see the field. I didn't think he extended plays well. Uh, I didn't think that his performance rose up the level of talent around him in a way that would befit a top 10 pick. And I understand he didn't have a great offensive line. I understand there were limited playmakers, although he had a really good running back. Um, and I, I think that uh, his uh, freshman wide receiver, uh, was it was a Barry and Brown, I think, if I'm, I might mess his name up a little bit, but he's a Nashville kid, stud. Guy's got first round wide receiving talent. Um, I'm just not sold on what exactly is going on between the ears for Will Levis and his ability to see the field. So I don't like Will Levis. I'm surprised, flabbergasted even, that he's potentially going to be a first-round pick. We'll see. Probably the way my life as a Tennessee Titans fan goes, we'll draft a Will Levis. I'll be 100% right, and it'll make me hate my team. So we'll see what happens. That is my top five. Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson... C.J. Stroud, Hendon Hooker, and Will Levis. I really have C.J. Stroud and Hendon Hooker very similar on, uh, on my list, which is why I don't think you're getting great value on C.J. Stroud um, if you're taking him early in the draft. And if you take Will Levis early in the draft, which it seems like some team may do. Seems like the Indianapolis Colts really like Will Levis. More power to him. I'm not buying into Will Levis. Didn't like his accuracy. Didn't like his playmaking for the last couple of years. And I said this yesterday. I don't have Will Levis as top five quarterback in the SEC last year, right? I can name five SEC quarterbacks, Stetson Bennett, maybe six, Will Rogers, that I would rather have had in an SEC game last year. Meaning, if you, in my opinion, are the seventh best quarterback in the SEC last year, and that's where I'd put Will Levis, I just, I don't see you as an elite playmaking quarterback on the NFL level. Uh, College football playoff. I thought this was interesting. Um, They have put out a uh, uh, a roster of what last year's playoff would have looked like. Number one seed, Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Number two seed, Michigan. This is where a lot of you are going to be surprised. You have to win a conference to get a bye. I don't like this idea. So Clemson would have been your three seed, and Utah would have been your four seed. Utah, think about that, getting a bye. Uh, So your matchups would have been Kansas State at Tennessee. Can you imagine how much Neyland would have been rocking for that one? I think Tennessee would have beaten Kansas State last year. Uh, That would have put Tennessee for a rematch against Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Would have been a fun game. Uh, Tulane would have played at TCU. I think TCU wins that game. And then we get a Fiesta Bowl of Utah TCU. Let me just be clear here, by the way. That's one side of the bracket. I think first and second round games should both be played on campus, okay? The way they're doing it now, the initial round games on a home stadium campus, right? The uh, next rounds are all Sugar Bowl, Peach Bowl, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl. I think you do away with uh, the home field only for the final four. And I can make you an argument that every game should be played on the higher seeds home field all the way until the championship game, which I can understand why you would want that to be neutral, just like the Super Bowl is. Okay, so one side of the bracket. Other side of the bracket, Clemson would play the winner of Penn State-Ohio State. That game being played at Ohio State, I think Ohio State would have won that game. Uh, And then I think Ohio State would have beaten Clemson Uh, based on the fact we saw Tennessee uh, beat Clemson, remember, in the Orange Bowl. Uh, And then you would have had Southern Cal at Alabama, number 10 at number 7. That is a heck of a matchup. Uh, Southern Cal going on the road in Tuscaloosa. I would have liked Bama to come out of that game. I would have liked Bama to then beat Michigan. I would have liked uh, Clemson to uh, to Ohio State. I think we would have gotten Ohio State-Bama on one side of the bracket. And I think the other side of the bracket would have been Georgia uh, going up against Utah. Um, and I think that would have ended up being your final four uh, as it was played. Now, they also have announced what days the games are going to be taking place off. Uh, so next year, this is next year, 2024, uh, there will be one game on December 20th. That's a Friday. And then three games on December 21st. Uh, of 2024 um, and then you'll go in and uh, and and figure out the midweek games but basically this is a Christmas present to all of you uh, and also a lot of people who are going to be spending even more money around Christmas because you're going to have to go to these games uh, if your team is fortunate enough to be playing so that, I thought that was good news coming out today although to be fair why does college football put out this big of a news on the day of the NFL draft like, why not be smart enough to pick, let's say next week, when nothing's going on, and you would get way more media attention? Could, most of this is going to get buried uh, in the NFL draft. Joe Biden uh, was asked questions by kids, okay? Uh, we know Joe Biden's not good answering questions from anybody, but I thought this was instructive. And if we can put these clips in, Uh, when we share this on social uh, for the crew out there, I think this will do even better. So, you know, politicians try to be pretend that they're sports fans. But a lot of times they don't actually know that much about sports. Uh, So Joe Biden was asked by little kids outside the White House today, who's your favorite NHL team? Are you watching the Stanley Cup playoffs? Joe Biden said, yes, he was watching. And his favorite team was the Philadelphia Flyers. There's just one problem. The Philadelphia Flyers didn't even make the playoffs. Now, look, I'm not an NHL guy. You guys know. I would root for the Nashville Predators. I would sometimes go to their games. I haven't watched one moment of the NHL playoffs, full disclosure, so far this year. Been busy. But I wouldn't lie, right? I would say Nashville Predators are my favorite team. I know, and I'm not that big of a fan, but I know they didn't make the playoffs, uh, but the NHL playoffs are a lot of fun, right? It's an easy question to answer from a kid. Um, But Joe Biden lied, said he was a Flyers fan, watching them in the playoffs, they aren't actually in the playoffs. Okay, so politicians lie, we get it. More troubling is the continued dementia-riddled answers that Biden gives to anyone, particularly when there are not scripted questions being provided directly to him. So, uh, Ireland, last week, Joe Biden was in Ireland on a state visit. He took Hunter. They were there four days. Kid was asked, Joe Biden, hey, you can watch the video yourself. What was the last country that you visited? Biden couldn't answer. He stumbled around uncertain, talked about the fact that he had been to 89 different countries or met with 89 different heads of states. He was in Ireland last week. How many of you, if you had just taken a a trip to a foreign country, if you were asked the last foreign country you visited, one week after you were there, would be unable to answer that question? Really sad and unfortunate how dementia addled our chief Executive really is of the entire country. We had RFK Jr. on the show today. Um, you know, on Clay and Buck, we don't run from people who might have different political persuasions. RFK Jr. and I and many of you agree on a lot of COVID issues and agree on issues surrounding the First Amendment. And RFK Jr. was on the show. He's now getting 19% support. Joe Biden is an historically awful candidate. 70% of Democrats wish Joe Biden, sorry, 70% of voters wish Joe Biden would not run, including nearly a majority of Democrats. And I think that's reflected in why RFK Jr. is getting such a substantial share of the Democrat primary electorate. I'd encourage you to go listen to the interview. I would infinitely prefer that RFK Jr. were the nominee over Joe Biden. And Joe Manchin says that he will win, Senator from West Virginia, now that Jim Justice, the governor of West Virginia, is entering this race, says he will win no matter what uh, the race that he chooses to enter is. Now, no matter what race he chooses to enter raises an intriguing question, because he didn't say he was going to run in the Senate. Didn't say that he might run for governor, but he has been hinting that he might run for president. And my question for all of you out there is, if he ran for president, couldn't he beat Biden? I think he probably could. I think a ton of Democrats could beat Biden if they actually got in the race, which is why I'm surprised so many have not already. Uh, but RFK Jr., really good we will talk to people of differing political persuasions on our show. Encourage you to go listen to it. He was at the top of the second hour of the program. Uh, the Atlanta Braves uh, had to take back their big hat celebration. I may care more about this than most. The Braves are 17-8. and eight. We, They got a nice come-from-behind win last night. We watched the Atlanta Braves in the Travis household every single night. My eight-year-old's become a big Braves fan. My 12-year-old's a monster fan. Even my 15-year-old, who is now in high school and super busy with all his high school-related things, even he is a big fan uh, of the Braves. So we have been watching and enjoying the Atlanta Braves during their hot start to the season. Again, they're 17-8, first place in the NL East. Uh, they have been doing a big hat celebration where, <laughs> where if you remember the big hats, these ridiculous monster big hats, the Braves have one in the dugout. Every time somebody hits a home run, they've been putting on these big hats and just having fun with as the dugout celebration. There was a complaint because the hat is not the officially licensed hat of Major League Baseball. And so Major League Baseball told the Braves they can't do this anymore. My question, why can't they just make a big hat version that is officially licensed by Major League Baseball and let this dugout celebration continue and have a lot of fun with it, I just don't get it. I don't get why baseball, it feels like a lot of times there are fun police that are trying to keep uh, uh, baseball teams in a 162-game season where everybody needs to be entertained. It feels like there's a lot of desperate attempt to try and keep teams from having a really good time. What you're seeing, by the way, take place surrounding COVID. Washington, D.C. schools on Monday required that kids and staff in their public schools returning from spring break have a negative COVID test in order to attend school. This just happened on Monday. Yes, in April of 2023, three years, over three years, after 15 days to stop the spread. What you are seeing occur is Dr. Fauci, who gave a big interview to the New York Times, and Randy Weingarten, who was the head of the uh, American Teachers Federation or whatever you call it, teachers union. She is testifying saying, I never said we had to shut down schools. In fact, quite the opposite, even though there is ample evidence that she did in fact try to shut down schools. And I remember this specifically Because I was out there on an island in the world of sports in many ways arguing every kid needs to be back in school on my radio program. And in June, the American Association of Pediatrics, and I may be getting that association name wrong, but the group of pediatricians, right? Huge collection of pediatricians said kids need to be back in school in the fall of 2021. And I was like, sorry, fall of 2020. I'm fortunate. All my kids were back in school in the fall of 2020, right? We went back to school in August. All of them were in school. I regret that they had to wear uh, uh, masks and that they had to eat their lunches and they couldn't go to the cafeteria, all that. They couldn't use water fountains. All that stuff was stupid. But I'm fortunate that my kids were back for in-person school learning. It's crazy absolutely crazy what the wine gardens and the faucis and left-wing Democrats are trying to do now they're trying to erase what they did to our kids to our businesses to our country by 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 pretending that they never said that schools needed to shut down and now they're trying to say oh we knew that masks never worked I'm here to tell you in August of 2021, When I went into my school board and argued against mask wearing, you would think that I was the devil incarnate based on the way left-wingers reacted to me arguing against kids needing to wear masks. I was 100% right. There's no basis ever for kids to need to wear masks. Now all these people, years later, are coming back and trying to pretend that they were on my side and many of your sides all along. Don't let them. Don't let them run and hide from the arguments and the choices that they made. There need to be consequences. There needs to be a reckoning. You should not be able to just suddenly somersault into this conversation after three years and claim you were actually on the right side the whole time. I remember, we were a minority, a substantial minority that was constantly being attacked on all sides. Nobody fought, for instance, harder to play college football than me. Nobody fought harder for your schools to be open than me. We were right. And they were wrong. And now they're trying to rewrite history and pretend that they were not wrong about everything. Okay, I love all of you. Got to hop on a flight to Las Vegas. Looking forward to hanging out at my buddy Todd Furman's for uh, his wedding. Over 40, married for the first time. Old man. Old man finally walking down the aisle. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP, I will be back with you on Monday. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter. Go sign up. Click like and subscribe on the OutKick YouTube channel. And I will see you guys on Monday. Have great weekends. Enjoy the NFL draft. I know I will.